Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at antiochatx.com. Now here's Pastor J.D. Griffin. Well, how is everybody feeling this morning? Just a couple of you are good. Everybody else having a crappy day, huh? Should I ask again, how's everybody doing today? Love it. It's a little bit better. Hey, I, I had an incredible week. I got to spend Monday and Tuesday with about 45 other leaders from the Antioch movement to talk about something that's going to feel like worlds away, but I want you to write it down on your calendar and begin to plan to be there. It's our movement conference called World Mandate. All right? World Mandate, man, it is an incredible time. How many of you guys have been to World Mandate? So cool. Well, what's amazing about World Mandate is it really is a weekend carved out, not just for us to hear all that God's doing around the world, but also to kind of expand us and allow us to see what we're a part of. Did you guys know that we are not just some little silo church in Austin, Texas that started a little under a year ago, okay? We are a part of a massive movement that's called Antioch. And we have missionaries all over the world. We have 30 churches all over the country. And I was just at that meeting for World Mandate, the guy that I call my pastor, uh, and he's also the pastor of Antioch Waco. He's our kind of the guy who oversees our movement. His name is Jimmy Seibert. And he was talking about our movement's response to all that's happened in Houston. And he used a phrase, I thought, man, that absolutely captures it. He says, we are stronger together. Do you know that from all Antiochs across the country, from San Diego to Boston, we've had over 1,400 people cruise down to help out in Houston over the past two weeks? 1,400 people. It's amazing. Now, I know that within that number are some of you, and I know that there's a lot of people actually there right now from our church continuing to serve, but I just want to say we're a part of something beautiful that God is building in the earth. It's amazing. And World Mandate is kind of that family gathering, a family reunion where we get to hang out with people that we've never met, that we've never seen, maybe we'll never see again, but it's going to feel like family. And I just want to encourage you to be there. It's amazing. We've got 15 locations all over the U.S. that are going to be having host sites where they're going to have a conference experience. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And then the preaching is going to be kind of beamed into those places, and you never know where the live preacher is going to be. So it's just going to keep you on your toes, okay? Um, but our church is going to actually make the drive up to Waco, Texas, um, to what is going to be known as kind of one of the host sites, the live site. And uh, we want you to be there. The unfortunate thing is that it's limited seating, and it sells out. And so you're probably going to want to jump on worldmandate.com, maybe even today, and, and get a hold of the early bird prices and secure your spot so that you can be there and hang out with us. Liz and I are going to be there. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and we want every single one of you to be there as well. All right? So worldmandate.com, go ahead and do that. All right? You guys are pumped about that opportunity? Okay. I thought a little more people would be excited. But... It's all right, I'm secure. <laughs> Isaiah 54 is, is kind of a beacon scripture for us. It's something that we uh, pray often as a team, something that I know that 
my wife and I hold very dear as we've leaned into and dreamed forward about what God's building in this uh, community here in Austin. And this is what it says starting in verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and the left, and your descendants will dispose nations and settle in desolate cities. How many of you know that we are in a enlarging our tent season? God is growing us and expanding us. Almost every week it feels like we're launching a new life group. There's just a lot of great things going on here at Antioch. It's amazing. And we're just overwhelmed at the amount of people that are coming and the stories of transformation that are happening. But here's the thing. We don't want to be a community that skips leg day. All right? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard that phrase, don't skip leg day, bro? You ever heard that phrase? Right? I mean, have you ever seen that dude that's just humongous, right? Huge biceps, massive chest, chiseled abs, and then you look below his waist and you're like, bro. Do you even lift? Because he's got these little bitty chicken legs. Because all he does is curls and bench, right? So what we don't want to do is be a community that skips leg day, all right? We want to have a strong foundation. Because right in the middle of this passage of Scripture, talking about expansion and growth, it says strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. So we're going to go into a season what we're believing to be a strengthening opportunity for us as a church. We want to grow in strength. Not only do we always believe and continue to enlarge our tent, create space for people who are far from God to come close to God. We're just so thankful that if you're checking out church maybe for the first time ever that you came here and you're always going to have space here. We believe that Jesus loves you just the way that you are and he's so passionate about your life. He just doesn't want you to stay the same way you came. All of us, not just you, that's me. We serve a God that doesn't pass by, a God of transformation, a God of restoration, a God of redemption. And we want to believe that that story is the story that our city wants to hear. And as he becomes famous, communities all across our city are going to grow in size. They're going to enlarge, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide. But we also want to strengthen our stakes. And something that we see as a strength tool is the Antioch Discipleship app. Some of you have already downloaded that. If you haven't yet, I want to encourage you to because it is full of resources that are going to help you in your journey with Jesus, how to spend time with God, biblical studies on should you spend time with God every day. Devotion is a big deal to us around here. It doesn't really matter what I say. We want God to speak to you. We want the word of God to come alive in you, but also discipleship is important to us, discipleship relationships. And we define that as being relationships that are helping us through the impact zones in our life. And sometimes the big question mark is, how, how do I help somebody use the discipleship app? All right, it's an incredible tool. It has everything that you need, and it's a strength opportunity for us. So if you haven't downloaded that, take some time and download it. And there's some other amazing strengthening opportunities that will be coming down the pipe over these next couple of weeks. So get excited and maybe kind of leading out in uh, this strength season is the series of talks that we're launching this morning. Everybody say Zoe. Not Zoe. Actually got a question. Hey, I saw that we're going into a new series. Oh, I thought we had a dope graphic. Do we not have a dope graphic? Maybe not. 
Yeah. So I, I, we sent this out to a few of our leaders, and they were, they were like, who's Zoe? Living Zoe. And I was like, I could kind of see how you can see that. But Zoe is actually the Greek word used for life in the New Testament. But just like a lot of Greek words, it's extremely pregnant. Right? And Zoe doesn't just mean life, it means a full life, an abundant life, a life that's lacking nothing. A Zoe life is an abundant, full, rich, complete life. Living Zoe is living in the abundant, rich life of God. This word is used actually in John 1 4. Passage of scripture that some of you are going to be very, very familiar with. And it says, in him, speaking of Jesus, was Zoe, was life. And the life, excuse me, and that life was the light of men. In him, in Jesus, was Zoe, was abundant life. And that Zoe, that abundant life, that full life, that rich life is the light of men. John 10.10, Jesus himself actually said this, that the thief, speaking of the devil, only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you may have zoe, that you may have life and have it abundantly. And Jesus doesn't just want us to have it, he's actually given it to us. And so over these next few weeks, that's what we want to dive into. We want to dive into understanding what does it mean for us to live Zoe? And I think that it's important for us to understand that we need to know that the enemy wants to steal, steal, kill, and destroy that abundant life. The devil doesn't want you to have abundant life. He wants you to have a bummer life. So we need to be aware of that. And so what we want to do this morning is look at some of the counterfeits, some of the ways that the devil tries to bait and switch us to cross over from what's been given to us, this abundant, full, rich, complete life, and cross over into a bummer life, the life that the enemy has for us. And the, the topic of my talk this morning is don't be offended. Don't be Offended. How many of you have ever been offended? Okay. Anybody been offended? Just, just 20 of us? Wow, you guys are holy, just godly people. Okay. I've been offended. Okay. I, I have been offended a lot, actually. You know, in our society, it's kind of made it trendy to be offended. Right? It's almost cool to be offended. And it's cool to ask people to come along with you on your offended parade. I mean, this is what is in vogue right now, right? And you see it demonstrated on Facebook. Can I get an amen? All right? You will find a community of people that are offended about something every day. It doesn't matter what it is, it is in vogue to be offended. And we will ask people to come along with us and to join with us and carry our banner for us. And hopefully nobody will look, say, or do anything to you that might just hint at something that might be offensive. We create safe places, trigger-free zones, right? And I, I, I wonder if being offended maybe has something more to do with what's going on in us than what's happening 
in front of us. I wonder if being offended has a little bit more to, of what's going on in us than what's happening in front of us because oftentimes we get offended about things that aren't real. My family and I were hanging out and uh, we, we do this thing called family night. All right, family night, it happens at least once a week and that's where we, we're intentional about shutting down all external voices, all external noise, and we just party together. We just have a Griffin celebration, and it's crazy, and it sounds fun and cool, and some of you are thinking, like, wow, they're great parents. Most of the time, we're just trying to keep people from hitting each other, so it's not really that cool, but, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's something we value, right? So we lean into it, family and I. And so this actually happened in Waco. We were, we, this was when we lived in Waco, and we are at family night, Okay, and, and we're we're hanging out at this kind of coffee slash bike shop. Okay, and it was called Outdoor Waco, and the reason we were there is that Outdoor Waco had bubble tea. Okay, has anybody ever had bubble tea? You're talking about the nectar of heaven, baby. And so we're there just nursing our bubble tea on those huge jumbo straws. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's a big straw, make you feel like a kid again. It's amazing. And, and we're, we're hanging out. I just get this feeling that somebody's looking at me. Has this happened to anybody else, right? I'm like, somebody's looking at me right now. You know what? They're talking about me right now. And I look over and I catch these people about 20 feet away, a little couple at a table, and I can tell, oh, yeah, they're looking. They're talking about us right now. Now, I have no reason why, but in my mind, because sometimes when you get offended, it's what's going on in you and not what's going on outside of you, I became convinced that they were talking bad about my family. No reason to think that. Just offended, triggered. And so I am furious. Furious. Now, being somebody who hates passivity, is a confrontational person. I'm going to tell you how I feel. I took the fight to Twitter. I know some of y'all are like, I can't believe this dude's a pastor. I'm like, I can't believe it either, to be honest with you. Okay. So I took the fight to Twitter. Now, I'm so offended at what I think they're doing. I do the very thing I think they're doing, right? Okay, this is what happens when you get offended, right? You lose sight of what you're really doing because all you see is what you want to see. And, and so I tweet. <laughs> oh, let me read it. I don't want to blow this up. <laughs> Nothing like catching people talking about you. Don't be passive. Passive is weak. Okay, this really happened. Y'all think I'm making this up for jokes, for real. This really happened. Okay, so, so I tweet this out into the Twitter sphere. This is back when Twitter was a deal, right? If you're still on Twitter, bless you. But this was back when Twitter was a thing. And so I tweet this out. Now, what I did not know <laughs> is they followed me on Twitter. What I did not know is they had always wanted to meet our family but they didn't want to disrupt our night. And so they were kind of going back and forth on should we and how should we and how could we and everything like that. Right? 
And so they direct message me because they see it pop up on their feed. We're so sorry. We just wanted to meet your family. Now I'm like, it's official. I'm an idiot. Okay? And, and so now, because I took the spirit of offense, I have to repair a relationship, and it could have been a cool, powerful moment. I mean, think about how different it would have been if I would have not looked at them through the lens of offense, but looked at them through the lens of encouragement and gone up to them and said, hey, how's it going? My name's J.D. We would have had an incredible encounter, but instead of that encounter, we had an encounter that was laced with offense. And here's the deal. It didn't just disrupt my ability to have a relationship with them. It also ruined my night. Isn't it interesting how the spirit of offense will ruin your day? When you get offended, you are ruined. Maybe if you get really offended, you can be ruined for a year relationships can end from the spirit of offense. Somebody that you cared about and loved dearly because of the spirit of offense, you will gladly not talk to anymore. And here's what I want us all to really grab hold of here. And that is this. I want us to heed the words of the theologian of our day, Miss Taylor Swift, Miss T. Swizzle. Because I think that if I would have heeded her advice, my moment of offense would have been very different. Because players going to play, 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 play. And haters going to hate, hate, hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake it off. Heartbreakers gonna break, break, break. And fakers gonna fake, fake, fake. Baby, I'm just gonna shake. Everybody with me? Shake, shake, shake it off. Shake it off. Okay? Because here's what's real. Just because something is offensive doesn't mean we have to get offended. About to get, it's going to be tough in here this morning. It's going to let you know. I'm going to give you a little grace period right now. You can leave. Just because something is offensive doesn't mean we have to get offended. Say it one more time. Just because something is offensive doesn't mean we have to get offended. Jesus put it this way. Matthew 5, starting in verse 38. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. A bad glare for a bad attitude. Right? That makes a ton of sense. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Do you see it? Things are going to happen to us that are going to be offensive. People are going to try to take advantage of us. They're going to hurt us. They're going to malign us. They're going to leave you, want to leave you with 
nothing, but when offensive things happen to you, do not be offended. Turn the other cheek. Respond in the opposite spirit. Just because something is offensive doesn't mean that we have to then get offended. We have a choice. We have a choice. Paul put it in Philippians 2, starting in verse 7, that we need to take the nature of a servant. We need to stop choosing to be offended. We need to stop choosing to be offended. Offensive things are going to happen. That's not to wonder about. I mean, that's going to happen. But it's amazing how we will allow things that are happening in front of us to control what's happening inside of us. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, yes, you're right. Things are going to happen to you that are going to offend you. Things are going to happen to you that you're going to want to pay people back for. Things are going to happen in front of you that are going to tempt you to live the Zoe life that I've given to you, but don't let it. Don't choose the spirit of offense. Take the nature of a servant. Respond in the opposite spirit. Shake it off. Can we all just say shake it off? Shake it off. Can we say it with a little bit more gusto? Shake it off. You know what this looks like? This looks like when you go to work and there's that person that you, you know what I mean? You can't stand them. You, you, you walk into class and you're like, oh, man. Right? And it's just a matter of time until they say something that what? Offends you. And, 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 and you're like, oh. Here we go again. I wanted to have a good day. This is Monday. I'm trying to live Zoe. And this dude over here. Right? And, and we are dictating our day based on what they say. Now, in our conversation right now, we can realize how silly that sounds. But, man, emotionally, does that feel real or what? We walk around wondering what's going to happen around us and how that's going to shape what's going on inside of us when really, when offensive things happen, we need to shake it off. When they say that thing that you can't believe that they say, when they believe that thing you can't believe that they believe, we need to shake it off. When your spouse, uh uh-oh, don't look at them. When your spouse is who they are, does what they do, says what they say. And you're like, I can't believe that. I can't believe I married you. Just because something is offensive doesn't mean we have to what? Get offended. We can shake it off. We can say, I'm going to respond in the opposite spirit. I'm going to turn the other cheek. Look, you tried to wrong me. I'm going to bless you. I'm actually going to use what feels like the trigger as my launching point to encourage you. Jesus said if someone tries to sue you for your shirt, say, look, you can have my shirt and my jacket. I'm going to turn what you want to use to divide me as an opportunity to bless you. Just because something offensive happens in front of us doesn't mean that we have to get offended. Now, check this out. 
ultimately, being offended is rooted in selfishness. We don't talk about it in those words, but the truth is, that's really kind of the root of being offended is, you didn't do what I wanted you to do. You didn't say what I would have said. You didn't handle the situation the way that I would have handled it. You didn't respond to me the way that I would have responded to me. Right? Anybody been offended by somebody that acts just like you? Yes. Those are actually the people that offend you. Have you noticed that? It's the people that act just like you that will drive you crazy. Because you're like, my gosh, am I really like that? And you're like, no, right? Because you're thinking, no, I'm better than that. But you're not, okay? Just because something offensive happens to you doesn't mean we have to get offended. What that means is, is that we need to understand that the world does not revolve around us. If we all put Jesus in the middle of our world and not us, I don't think we would live offended. And here's what's interesting, and I have to, I hate to say this, but it's important to say, is that I feel like the group of people that walk around offended the most are believers. We're offended by each other. We're offended by other churches. We're offended by people that don't even know Jesus. We're just offended. Because we walk around like we have the moral high ground. When the truth is, just like last week, we've all just been rescued out of a ditch. If anybody should be leaning out and turning the other cheek and responding in the opposite spirit, it's us. It should be a light, right? The Zoe life. He has come to give us life, and that life will be the light of men, that abundant life, that full life, that rich, complete, absolutely satisfied life, that Zoe life, living Zoe is a light to men. It's a beacon of hope. It is a refuge in the middle of chaos. But when we stop living in the Zoe life and take the bait of being offended, that spirit of offense, that lens of offense, then we miss our opportunity to be the light of the world because the only thing that we're shining is how we are better than everybody else. I want a community of people that is above offense. That we walk into our day and through our week understanding that things will happen to us, in front of us, that will be offensive. We're not going to be surprised by that. We're not going to be shocked when somebody says something you can't believe they said. We're not going to be overwhelmed whenever our spouse does the very same thing that they've done for 25 years. We're just going to shake it off. Respond in the opposite spirit. Turn the other cheek. Overwhelm them with more than they're even asking from us. Because just because something is offensive doesn't mean we have to get offended. Now, here's something else that happens with the spirit of offense. The spirit of offense has a way of not just blinding us to what's happening around us, but also blinding us to what God is doing around us. 
And this is the thing that's probably the most detrimental to us living Zoe, living in this season of abundant, full, rich, complete life, not allowing what's happening in front of us to shape what's going on inside of us, seeing offensive things but not getting offended. What wars against that is that when we live within the spirit of offense, we can't even see what God is doing around us because all we see is how we would have done it differently. Because offensiveness is selfishness. And so we can't even see the good stuff that God's doing because we just see how we would have gone about that stuff differently. And there's a story in John 9 that really demonstrates this in a really powerful way. John 9, Jesus is cruising and he sees this man who's been blind since birth. He's walking with all of his homies, and they look at this man who's been blind since birth, and they look to Jesus, his disciples look to Jesus, his homeboys, his crew, and they say, Jesus, whose fault is that, man? They're like, did he sin or did his parents sin? Like, how did he end up like that? Because in their mind, right, their broken, deprived mind, they see brokenness as a result, as a payment for something that bad has happened. So this dude is paying retribution, or he would have been able to see Now, Jesus very quickly shuts down their broken thinking, and he says, neither. It wasn't this man or his parents, but this happened to him so that the glory of God can be revealed through him. Now, I don't know about you, but that is exciting that God will use things that are broken about us as places of glory through us. So if you've got a glaring blind spot, be encouraged. God wants to heal it and restore it in that place to be a place of joyful expression of his glory and grace on earth as it is in heaven. And so this blind man is then engaged by Jesus. And Jesus does something very weird. He spits on the ground. I'm thankful this man was blind. Think about it. If he could have seen the loogie, and then the, the stirring of the loogie in the dirt, how many of you would have been like, yeah, Lord, lay it on me? Nobody. I don't care who you are. Messiah, okay, put your spit someplace else. So he spits in the ground, begins to turn that dirt into mud. And then he takes that mud and he puts it on the man's eyes. And then he tells the man to go and bathe in the pool of Shalom. And so he makes his way to the pool, obviously had to be led there, and and he was led to this pool. And, And Jesus said, when you get there, I want you to wash off the mud. And so he did that, right? He, he went to the pool, and he stuck his face in the water, and he washed out the mud. And the Bible says that he came home seeing. He was healed. He got his sight. He had never seen before, and now he can see. Now, I've never seen a blind eye open in person. But I'll tell you this. When I do, I'm going to party. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to be like, you've got to be kidding me, God. You love people so much that you're going to engage in what's broken and bring restoration. And and we're going to have a praise party like you've never seen when that happens. 
going to be amazing. But here's what the spirit of offense does. The spirit of offense does not even allow you to see what God has done. All you see is how you wouldn't have done it the way that God did it. And the Pharisees of the day, the religious leaders of the day, see this man who now could see. They don't even believe it's him. So they get his mom, and his mom's like, yeah, that's him. He can see. And this was their response. Not, wow, God is back. Not, whoa, he's here. Salvation has come. The power of God is made manifest in front of us. That wasn't their response. Their response was, I knew it. Jesus is a sinner. He made mud on the Sabbath. Think about that. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? This guy could see. He couldn't see before, and now he can see. And all you're going to talk about is what day it is? And then if Jesus really was the Son of God, if this really was a display of his glory, then he would have done it on Monday. It's exactly what the spirit of offense does. We can't even see what God's doing. All we see is how we wouldn't have done it that way. I don't want that to be us. I don't want us to look at other communities in our city that do things differently and say that's offensive. I want us to look at them and say, God, what are you doing? And how can I celebrate? How can I be the light of men by responding in the opposite spirit, living Zoe, living an abundant, full, rich, lacking nothing life? And when offensive things happen, in front of me. I'm not going to allow that to turn into offense in me. I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to shake it off. Because we serve a God that is not offended by us. If anybody should be offended, it's Jesus. He doesn't look at us and say, I can't believe you did that. He looks at us and says, come follow me. Just because what you did is offensive, I'm not going to let offense root in me. I'm going to love you where you are. Let's not be a people that buy the lie of the spirit of offense. Not, not, let's not live a bummer life. Let's live a abundant life life, a zoe life, a full, rich, complete, satisfied life, because Jesus made a way for us to. And let's look at the offensive things happening in front of us and around us and say, I'm not going to allow that to turn into seeds of bitterness, brokenness, and depravity in me. I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to say, you know what, that is offensive, but I'm not going to get offended. I'm just going to shake it off. And yeah, I wouldn't have done it that way. But guess what? I'm going to love you anyways. I'm going to shake it off. You know what, person that I can't stand at work, you don't control me anymore. I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to shake it off. Because God doesn't want you to live offended. He wants you to live abundant. He wants you to live Zoe. Amen? Just stand to your feet.
I know that I need to respond to this message. I don't know if you ever graduate from needing to get on your face and asking God to continue to teach us how to be a people that seek first his kingdom, that desire his glory and his name and his fame in the earth, and to not get offended by the offensive things that are happening in front of us. So we want to create space, just like we always do at Antioch. Some of my leaders are going to make their way to the front here. And if, if you need to respond to this message, if you just need someone to pray for you, to put an arm around you, love on you, then don't miss your moment. We want to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, if, if anything's going on in your world right now, you just need somebody to have your back. You need somebody to come alongside of you and, and pray and, and, and love on you and encourage you. I mean, we are here to do something that we believe for every single time that we gather is people to, to make that step from being far from God to knowing God. And it's probably the coolest thing in the world to see almost every single week people make decisions to follow Jesus. To say, I'm no longer going to live for myself, but I'm going to live for you, Jesus. My life is in your hands. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that you came and lived a perfect life. You did what I couldn't do to give me what I didn't deserve. And you died on a cross. You took the punishment that my sin was supposed to come on to me for. But you took it upon yourself. And you looked at me and you said, it is finished. And when you said it is finished, it was. No longer did the wages of my sin give me death. But I can experience the freedom of God and receive life. Eternal life. And Jesus hung on that cross. Died for our sins was buried in the grave, and three days later conquered sin and conquered death forever so that nothing could hold him down, demonstrating that nothing could hold us down. And if you want to make that decision, if you want to follow Jesus, if today is your day where you're saying, you know what, I'm done. I'm finished with trying to make it on my own. Jesus, I'm yours. Right now, if everybody would just bow their heads, I'm getting ready to pray. And if that's you, I want the boldness of God to come on you, the courage of heaven to come in you. Would you just raise your hand? I want to see it. I want to know who's making that decision because I want to pray for you. I see you, sir. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? So if you raise your hand all over this room, I just want you to pray with me. There's nothing magical about what I'm going to say. It's just a prayer of surrender. Jesus, I give my life to you. Forgive me make me clean fill me with the Holy Spirit set my life on the path of righteousness for your name's sake I'm yours your king in Jesus name amen can we all just thank Jesus for those that made that decision to follow him If that was you, please come talk to us. Either one of my friends here from the front or at the welcome home space. And hey, this is how this is going to work. The guys are going to sing. And as they do, I want you to respond. You might need to come up and get prayer. You might need to kneel down in front of your seat. I don't care how you do it. I just want us to be a people that don't just hear the word of God, but then respond to the word of God and do it. And do it. And learn to live Zoe. Amen? Let's sing. Let's respond.